Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Red 7, Red 7, Red 7, Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot route! I don't, what is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Billy Bob! This is it! The man who got us here, you ready? You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bop halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide-open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. Are you going to get me the oh, ball? I'm going to get you the ball. I want the ball. I hope he doesn't kill somebody. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's going to make the difference between winning and losing. I got a whole lot of money, money. Yell it for me Bottle key, popping that water bath Jack yeah. It's a party, it's a party, it's a party Welcome into 11 Personnel. Nick Roush and Adam Luckett are here talking to you today, and I'm much happier. I'm not I'm not as happy as I sound. I'm trying to be upbeat, though, Luckett. Trying to be upbeat. I'm trying not to think about that Tennessee football game. Um, and really, the, the thing that is... I feel like I've just got festering anger from this Tennessee loss. Like it, the Pittsburgh Steelers won last night, so I was happy about that. But the officiating was so bad, it just reminded me that we have to watch college basketball officials starting tonight. And there's nobody worse at their job. I mean, I think really only DMV uh, officials can be worse in their jobs than college basketball officials. They're terrible. They're, they, are, they are the worst at what they do. See, we're choosing violence to start the podcast today, oh, trying man. to get upset on the <laughs> officials. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, the officials weren't the reason Kentucky lost, but it's just another data point that the SEC officiating has been awful. But then you go and you see some people I follow on Twitter saying that, you know, they're making Big Ten official jokes when the NFL thing's going on last night. Like, so it sounds like Big Ten officiating is awful. You know, we're going to watch two college basketball games tonight, and it's probably going to be pretty bad. <laughs> and so, like, that's, that's just an issue. But, man, like, there's some calls in that game that you can't miss. Um, there's some stuff you can't do if you miss a call. It's shown on the Jumbotron. Everybody sees that you missed a call. Um, you shouldn't be doubling down. Oh. At that point, that's, that's the worst. And they, college basketball does it all the time where they're like, the coach yeah. is losing their mind and they're like, all right, now I'm going to tee you up too after I did a terrible thing. It's like, what? And at SEC Media Days, I'm going to ask McDade, like, why can't we review face mask? <laughs> it's such a simple. It's I, not I, a judgment call. It's yeah. not PI. Right. You know, it's not holding. 
It's did he it's, grab him in the face mask? It's you, you touch a face mask, it's boom, automatic. Why can't why can't they why did another ref just come and say we need to call that right here? Why can't they huddle and then call that? But like, you know, there when they see it on the Jumbotron, it's like, well, you know, we missed it. Like, I just don't understand why you can't do that. Um like I tweeted out a video, you know, the guy's knee was down. They didn't call it. Like, what's the replay official doing? He's supposed to watch every replay. Why wasn't that play stop? Like, what's going on? Um, and then just, you know, just a very poorly officiated game, I thought. Kentucky had a lot of issues, but, you know, this the officiating is just bad. You cannot miss that face mask. You just can't. Yeah. And you can't especially, throw the flag on the coach. Especially the coach on the quarterback. <laughs> if it's on the jumbotron, you the guy you grabs the quarterback's face mask in a huge play of the game. Everyone sees it. You know you can't if the, the coach doesn't touch him. I don't. I, you can't throw that flag there. It's just you know like what are we doing here? And and we can get into why that made a big difference because. Kentucky lost 13 seconds and five yards. Even though they got the fourth down, they mm-hmm. lost the timeout. They lost five yards. They lost 13 seconds, which is huge in that op- in that situation. Instead of having the ball at the 30, the Tennessee 33 with a buck five left, they had the ball at the Tennessee 38 with 52 seconds left. That's significant, especially well, because they, field goal range is what? Yes. Well, six it's yards away. As a Tennessee defense, you have to play different. If they're in field goal range, you have to guard the end zone at all costs. You cannot let a touchdown there. Where, you have to think worst case scenario. Um, we got if they're in field goal range, we got to give them yards. If you're at the 38, they're not in field goal range. You're not as much protecting the end zone. You're more playing up front. You're blitzing six. They're not blitzing six if they're down there at field goal. If you're in field goal range already, it just totally changes everything. And so it was a huge missed call. Uh, I mean, you just can't miss that call, but. I mean, we can get into other stuff, but it's just – it was just another – another you know, another bad case of officiating. I don't know what else to say. It was bad. Um, Tennessee fans who who dogged officials all week were saying – then they're like, oh, you got to call it, you know. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. Well, it did matter. Well, the, the, the part that uh, I think – angers me the most just that it's a quarterback and you see teams bend over backwards to protect quarterbacks now they didn't do that with justin fields there was a couple yeah, i don't know what the umpire was looking at like that's yeah. what the umpire what, what, like, job. you know he's watching holding and then the quarterback moves and everybody's moving towards him like what what is he like what was he looking at i don't know it was bad and i we're really setting the tone for anger um and i think you the, the bad officiating is one thing. The thing that I think Mark Stoops would go to first when he sat down in his team meeting Monday afternoon is the tackling. Uh, in his words, leverage the damn ball. And to describe what he means by that, you need to have your head and an outside shoulder, your head and a shoulder between you and the end zone. And Kentucky had guys trying to tackle without using that very basic principle. It's like one of the first concepts you're taught in tackle football. You keep your outside shoulder free. You keep your head around. In worst-case scenario, they have to work their way back inside to other guys who were there to tackle. The first play of the game, it it was just tackling one-on-one, and you saw that a couple of times. You saw that on the touchdown run. A lot of tackling 
one-on-one mistakes by Kentucky two weeks in a row, stuff you hadn't seen much all year. And it 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 might not have directly cost Kentucky the game, but that and the officiating, you combine those two things. Um, I mean, look at the amount of explosive plays, they accounted for 80%. 10 plays accounted for 80% of their offense. If you take away two or three of those, does Tennessee score that much? I don't can't think give so. Up 70 plus yard touchdowns. <laughs> you just can't, especially on back to back series. My God. One was on lack of execution by the players, and I put the other one on the coaches. Yeah, I did not like that call. Bad personnel yeah. uh, structure. But eight, like uh, mul- multiple things happen in this play. Devonte Robinson really he beats his block, but he really should have went outside first. He kind of goes inside. Mm-hmm. Cedric Dort gets big boyed, gets turned all the way around mm-hmm. where his butt is facing the Tennessee sideline, so he gets walled off. Tyrell Asian comes down and fits it, but he takes the easy way out. You have to tackle outside leg, left shoulder in that situation. Turn the guy inside. He doesn't. Um, he just comes straight down, and he let and he doesn't slow the guy down at all. If he slows him down at all, Jones can recover. Jones makes a tackle, tackle, and it's a yeah. seven-yard game. Yeah, um, he just runs scot free. In Tyrell Asian, we've seen him. This isn't the first time he's missed open field tackles this year. Um, it's happened a lot, um, and so that that cannot happen. And then the next possession, they don't hit a big play, but on that first that first or second down, Asian thinks he has help over the top when there probably should have been a man, and he lets the guy run scot-free. It was a missed throw by Hooker. And then after a timeout, Tennessee comes out, what I believe was 10 personnel, goes two by two, four wide. Um, Kentucky is in nickel, and they should have been in dime. Um, and it looked like they were in a two-man type defense. Mm-hmm. Um, there should have been some type of check there with a safety probably to stay over the top of square to give him safety help. Instead, he bites on that little bender route inside when Dort's running with a guy man coverage. And Hinton and Hooker played it perfect. He, his eyes took the safety to the inside route, and then moved outside. And it was just – you can't start a game like that. You just can't. It, put, it, it just put every – especially how last week went against Mississippi State. Low confidence may be coming in, and you just take a big – shrink to your confidence right there. And even then, Kentucky still had chances thanks to what the offense did throughout the game. But there was little moments in this game, like Tennessee made all like the little big plays that you needed to have happen. Yeah, and I'll say that, you know, Kentucky was fortunate in some scenarios, but you would think that when Tennessee coughs it up three times that you're going to get more than one of them. Seven fumbles, offenses have recovered five. On Kentucky's defense. Gosh, I mean, just the inopportunistic, especially when you're playing quarterbacks, eight incompletions in the last eight quarters. That stat is dumb. Running 99 plays, a school record. I mean, you had the freaking air raid at your school, and you just set a school record for plays. You didn't punt the ball, and you lost. It is just – it's so this, hard to just comprehend all of this. Like it, it really, it's, it's really difficult for the Big Blue Nation right now. This was like a basketball game, okay, where you have the heavy inside presence. You you dominate paint points. Um, you shoot a very high percentage from two point range. Um, you don't have a lot of turnovers, but the other team hit seventeen threes. And so you <laughs> yeah, look, look up, yeah. and you can never really build a lead because. You know, you start get stuff rolling, and they hit three threes in a row. And then it's like you're up seven, now you're down two. 
And that's what that game was. You can't get bludgeoned in the explosive play battle, Nick. I mean, that's they had three plays over 40 yards, I believe. Um, Kentucky hasn't had a 40 yard, 40 plus yard play since Florida. Man. Kentucky has six plays of 40 plus yards this season, five were in the first two weeks. They're not getting any explosive haymakers. Um, and in a game like that, like we saw against Lamar Jackson against 2016, Kentucky hit explosive haymakers in that game. Mm-hmm. And that's really the reason they won yeah. that and creating turnovers on defense. You had Juice in the first play, you had Dorian Baker to take the lead late. When you, you find yourself in this kind of Big 12 shootout, you have to land explosive playmakers. You can't just depend on 10, 11 play touchdown drives throughout the night. Um, Kentucky consistently moved the football, but it's just hard to c- continue to score like that. They had nine scoring opportunities, ball inside the Tennessee 40 on 11 possessions, which is really good, but they just weren't great at finishing drive with touchdowns. And that's really kind of what the game was, that – Tennessee just hit the big explosive haymakers, and Kentucky um, just didn't have enough body blows to make it count. And that's just frustrating. That's why you lost the game. It's kind of why you lost the game in 2019 against Tennessee. If you go and look at that box score, Kentucky on time possession, on total yards, mm-hmm. um, re- controlled the tenor of the game, but Tennessee hit a few big pass plays and scored touchdowns because of those two, two or three big pass plays. And that was the difference in that game, and it was kind of the same thing here. You know, you get in a game like this, you have to hit some chunks, some big chunks, and they you just didn't. I mean, it was just it was just frustrating. And then some fourth downs go don't go your way in the game. Um, gives Tennessee field position, and they score every time they get field position, score touchdowns. So it's the uh, the it one that tough. Stoops tough. You the one that really ate up at Stoops it was the second to last fourth down they went for it, or I guess it'd be the third to last. Well, um, what happened? It's fourth yeah. and seven on the you know like thirty-eight ish yard line. Like they're kind of in no man's land. It's a three-point oh, game. Thirty-five or down thirty-eight, thirty-five with the ball. Yeah, like do you, do you punt it away and try to pin them, or do you sit? Like, and, and for me, like it, I was okay with Stoops's aggressiveness in this game. Uh, I, I generally like when he's been more aggressive, and he has been this year because I think he trusts his quarterback more. He, he's been more aggressive than normal. Uh, so I like that. I, I I like what he's doing there, but the the execution just wasn't yeah. there. Because like you kind of got to steal possessions, and you you, I mean, do you feel that much better about Tennessee getting the ball at the ten or the forty? I mean, they were pretty much scoring whenever. Well, you know? <laughs> well, let's start with the middle eight. Okay, Kentucky scores a touchdown with right under four minutes left. Go tw- up 21-14. Tennessee gets the ball, short kickoff returns, it gets field position. But Kentucky gets a third and long after a holding call. They get in third and 18, they get in a deep zone, they let Velas Jones pick up 13 of those yards to create like a fourth and five. Yep. Okay. Run the out route. Vito Tisdale. Well, one, you gave up too much on third down. So you run an out route. Tisdale just gets there a little too early. It's a bang-bang play, pretty close. If he times it a half second late, it's an incompletion. Mm-hmm. Kentucky gets a ball, maybe goes down, kicks a field goal or whatever. Either way, by the time Tennessee touches it the next time in the third quarter, they're either down 10 or more. So they're probably down two possessions. It changes the whole game. They go down and score. Kentucky gets it, stays aggressive. Some lack of execution here. He missed Rodriguez, who was wide open. He misses one. He throws it behind Wandell. 
who could have caught it? Then Wandell, then yeah, Wandell should have caught the fourth down. Yeah. So Th- those are both Tennessee. catches that Wandell has made too. And then Tennessee makes, you know, Cedric Tillman makes a crazy good catch on the sideline. They kick a field goal to go up twenty. So that totally swung the game. Oh, you forgot about the uh, the clock operator too. The uh, the slow clock with five seconds. Yeah, but I still ago. think it was probably it should have been maybe one. I still think he should have got it off. Like they probably get it off. Um, so anyway, Snoop goes aggressive there, but I don't mind him doing that because middle eight is so important. And if you can score, if you score there, if the game like essentially the game's over, especially if Kentucky comes out and scores a touchdown again to begin the second half. You know what I'm saying? Like you could have been up, you literally could have been 21-14. You could have made it 28-14 if you hit Rodriguez down the middle of the field. And then you score again. It could have been 35-14 before Tennessee touched the ball again. Like, it was that close to that happening. And so, I don't blame him for that because games are won and lost in that 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 middle eight period. So, they come back and then the fourth quarter. It's similar to what Tennessee had um, there at the end of the second half. It's third and very long. Kentucky was in a position, I thought, up down only down three, beginning of the fourth quarter. You got a chance to play field position here. Um, really, it would have been the only time to, that would made sense to play field position. They throw that check down to Wandale and he gets some of the yards to make them go for it. I would have rather seen them just run a deep, maybe go a deep shot, jump ball or something, and throw it down the field, maybe try to get a PI and then punt it there. I think they got a little. I think Snoops went to Cohen and said, get some here, we're going for it on fourth. I think that was probably – that was a mistake because it didn't – it gave Tennessee field position and they scored every time they had field position. Um, we never really saw them since the first possession of the game had to be pinned back and go on a drive. And in that portion of the game, I think they should have punted. That was the one, I think, big mistake he made. Um, but even then, with all that, they still almost had a chance to come back and win the game. Um, Levis took some bad sacks in this game. Um, at inopportune times, a couple of them came on that drive up down 38, 35. And then on the last drive, um, Tennessee mm-hmm. started bringing six as a quarterback. You've got to get that ball out hot. They're bringing six covering man. Somebody's got to be, you know, Some, somebody's got to, you don't need to be running 12 yards down the field. Just burn a little slant, get across, get run a drag behind that blitz. Just something well, simple, something easy. Something they haven't done a lot of, um, and it's also a time if you got a big X receiver. You yeah, need, that's the back shoulder fade throw, and that's something they don't have on the roster right now. And we've talked about it. If teams are going to play you like that, man, th- throw the back shoulder, um, get off and catch it. And if it's a good throw and he he gets off and the guy grabs him, it's a pi and it's a penalty. Um, they they don't have that on the roster right now, and that that's a situation where that that's what you would need to go to at that point. And that's what Wandell, he's just little. He can't really do that kind of kind of stuff. The the one thing that I hope isn't a byproduct of this game is stoops. Like I, I hope he doesn't pump the grapes on playing playing. Did I say pump the grapes? Pump the brakes yeah. on being aggressive. Because that's something we we how many times have you been like, well, I wish stoops would have tried to score some points there. Yeah, well, right he's done it two weeks time. in a row. I, I worry about them, like and they, well, but they've done it. They they haven't executed it two weeks in a row too. Yet you you were in scoring opportunity. You had a chance there against Mississippi State. You throw an interception, and then this time around, you you can't convert in no man's land when you have, I mean, three great opportunities to move the sticks. Yes. As good as the offense played, it was just a game. Of, felt like of missed opportunities. Um, it felt like they could have scored every time they had the ball. 
You know, yeah. he had a he had a pick six and he had a couple turnover on downs. Um, it felt like Tennessee really didn't have an answer for them all night, and they got desperate just blitzing at the end. And you know, you didn't they, have an answer for it. You got to have know, an answer for it. Like your quarterback's got to see that, and he's got to get to his read. And you know, that's I think a lot of that's on just Levis never really being in that situation. Um, not having a lot of experience there late in the game. I think, you know, when we play Tennessee next year or when Kentucky plays Tennessee next year, and if they try to do that, he's going to be able to pick them apart uh, because he's going to – he's seen it. He's going to grow from it. But right now he just – you know, it was just disappointing. And, like, it just seemed like all the little plays that needed to win the game, like Tennessee just made all of them. And it, it hurts. It hurts that, you know, when you're in a shootout, uh, it's kind of like uh, if you're betting unders and you get a defensive touchdown, like it's just you're kind of screwed. Same thing with a shootout. You get a defensive yep. touchdown. And the worst part was that it was a mirror image of boss man fats pick six last year. We kind of baited him into throwing it underneath. He jumps the route. And, of course, it's the guy who was talking trash yeah. during the week, Elante they, Taylor. Uh, it's it like, a- dude, like, come on. Like, we can't – that guy was talking smack all week. You got to make him pay. And instead – he talked his talk, and then sadly he that was his walk. That was, I think, the bye week came in there for Tennessee. That was advanced scouting. Um, they knew they brought a nickel and a safety off of the boundary. They knew Levis was going to go to where it where it wasn't, and they knew as soon as if they had Wandell over there, that's exactly where they were going to go. He was going to go to him quick on a little hitch or a little out, and Taylor just you know squatted on it. I mean, that was you just got to tip your hat to Tennessee. I think. Uh, that was an advanced scouting. That was a bye week play to me. Man, uh, all of this too. Uh, uh, you know, we, we I felt like the Big Blue Nation endured this a year ago at the Ole Miss game, and it was very similar, um, except a little bit more scoring. You had the miss kick in overtime, and this one is also to Tennessee, which you can rattle off the heartbreaking losses. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. And even though Stoops has won more against Tennessee than almost every coach at the University of Kentucky, still only two wins. And it's against Tennessee teams that you felt like you you had the better team the entire time. It was that stat you tweeted out last week, like it were record since 2016. Kentucky has 11 more wins, but they're losing in the series since then. You know, like uh, that, that's what's really a tough pill to swallow because I think if we take a step back, this Kentucky football team is kind of what we expected at the beginning of the season. Yep. I mean, it's, it's, it's coming to form, but we raised our expectations as other teams began to falter and as Kentucky played better. Everywhere but the pass defense. The pass defense has just been god-awful. But Yeah. It, it, but we knew that was going to be kind of the weak point. That and that three-tech defensive line spot, you finally get that guy, and then Ox goes down with the season-ending injury. Um, obviously, injuries tell a part in this story of this team, but it, it's just it still just stinks that you're losing to an – uh, a whole home Josh Heupel team in his first year. And that's going to take you out for yeah. a New Year's six game. Well, I want to say this, like they played Ole Miss in Tennessee these last two years. And you're talking about, but I'm going to tell you if, if Lane Kiffin or Josh Heupel has a top three quarterback in the SEC, it's going to be tough to beat them. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to be the case every year. They're not going to have one of the best quarterbacks in the league every season. 
So like, let's pump the brakes on the overreactions. Um, Josh Heupel kind of walked ass backwards in the Hendon Hooker. So, you know, in Corral explain was there. Explain that. Hendon I, Hooker was added yeah. by Jeremy Pruitt and his staff before they got fired. So essentially. Heupel, came, Heupel comes in and adds Joel Milton from the portal. Handpicks Joel Milton. Joel Milton's his starting quarterback. If if Josh Heupel was hired five weeks earlier, Tennessee is playing Hendon Hooker or Harrison Bailey, who just entered the transfer portal. Instead, Hooker gets a chance, steps in, and has become – You mean Joe Milton or Harrison Bailey. Yeah, yeah. 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 Hooker has stepped in and become a top-10 quarterback in college football this season. Yeah. Top, the numbers top, are ridiculous. Top four in efficiency, which so is Stetson Bennett, and then and you then have like Will with, with Heupel's scheme, Nick, you should not be completing over 62% of your passes. Like, if you're getting anything above that, because a lot of it is deep shots – and it's not easy throws. Hendon Hooker's completing 67% of his passes. Oh. Every deep shot seems on tape is almost 90% of them are pretty much on target. He's and he's giving them a QB run element that is really hard to stop, especially when they spread the field like that. So like, you know, Tennessee is probably they're, you know, you are the old saying you are what your record is, but with Hook with Hooker in that in the game, they're a they're a top 20 team. They just are. I mean, I hate to say it, but he's just been awesome. And it, everything is clicking for them right now on offense. And so they're going to go seven and five, but it's going to be a team like we're going to have to hear because the computers are really going to love them. And they're going to be like this walking hot shot all off season. But a lot of this is due to having a really good quarterback. I mean, newsflash, having a good quarterback really changes things for you. <laughs> you know, it's kind I, of important. I think Kentucky fans know all too well about that. So let's, you know, let's see. I think I, I come away um, actually kind of upbeat in these matchups because Kentucky has been able to score and keep pace with these teams in these games. These games have turned into shootouts. They've been able to score and keep pace. Um, the defense defenses will adjust to this, Nick. It, Gus Malzahn did this in a different way six years ago. He was, you know, the, the talk of the town. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, teams figured it out. Um you're not used to this because no one goes at really this speed. Well, now you've seen it game speed. You're going to be able to practice it better. Like Kentucky's going to adjust to this and they're not going to have, like they're not going to face a top three quarterback at Ole Miss and Tennessee every season in the league, in my opinion, but just not sustainable. But they did hit them at an inopportune moment where you're six and oh, you're on top of the world. And, and, and just the nature of football and losing streaks in general, like it, Everything feels so much worse when you haven't won a game in a month. You know, yeah. it just it just well, does. It's a sinking feeling, knowing what could have been. Um, I'm never going to apologize for dreaming big and doing college football playoff scenarios at six and zero. Oh. Why would I? That's what that's what makes this what we do fun. So it makes this sport fun. Uh, we can still talk about winning out um, because you are going to be favored in your final three games. No, you're a 19 point favorite of Vandy. You're gonna it's gonna be 30 or something against New Mexico State, and I don't know, probably three and a half against Louisville, the Louisville team that um it, at least in Kentucky's case, they aren't getting outscored by 20 points in the fourth quarter and just blowing games at home. So yeah, well, yeah. Nick, I want to you're a prisoner of your schedule in college football. Okay. Yep. You are who you play. You got you play the teams in front of you. That's what they well, always you, say. Kentucky has nine locked games every year. So you have to play those nine teams, SEC plus Louisville, and then you get three non-conference to do whatever the heck you want with. 
Okay, so Kentucky, unfortunately, had to play the best three quarterbacks on their schedule in consecutive weeks. You look at these numbers, um, these guys put Stetson Bennett leads power five quarterbacks in yards per attempt. Like you can say what you want about Stetson Bennett, but they're hitting big plays and they're slaughtering teams with big plays. Um, he's been really good. Okay. He leads the SEC in passing success rate. Okay. Go to Will Rogers leads the country in completion percentage ranks third nationally in passing yards per game. You know, it's top four in the SEC in passing success rate. He has a big game against Kentucky. Hendon Hooker, like we just talked about, 21 touchdowns, two interceptions, started in the SEC in passing success rate. What's the top 10 quarterback in college football this season? Crazy, crazy numbers. I think fourth in just overall QB rating. Yeah, and then plus about 500 yards rushing. So you're just like – they just had to play the three toughest guys passing offenses in a row. It's just what happened. They just had to play them in a row, and they're, str- and they're riding the struggle bus as it's happening, and they got slaughtered in these matchups. Um, each quarterback exceeded season averages when playing Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. So, like, that's obviously not good, but like some of know. some of it's them get, the, those guys being hot at the right time and Kentucky struggling, at confidence shrieking. Yeah. Now we yeah. Can, we can get into Kentucky's personnel and why this is happening, and they you know they, a lot of it is on themselves and the roster construction for letting them get into this type of situation. But you also need to recognize that it was the schedule did not help them at all with this. Um, they went back, back to back to back and they just got sliced up. There was tape on them. These coaches knew where to attack them. It's kind of funny too, because we opened the year talking about how great the schedule set up. And then you kind of no, who under- predicted the best three quarterbacks they would have played would have been Georgia, Mississippi state, Tennessee. No yeah. one could have predicted that, but you look up and that's, I mean, that's just what it is. You cannot, you cannot deny that. You looked and in the national Kirk, ranks, and you cannot say, well, they didn't play a good quarterback. I, I would say that Cunningham, Louisville fans would try to make a case for Malik Cunningham, but he doesn't beat you in the way that those his guys passing, beat you. He has a lower passing success rate than Will Levis, he, where he beats you is with his legs. Yeah, yeah. He's and a good that, gamer. But, don't get me wrong. but Guess what Kentucky wants you to do, though? Like, run, they want run, you to run the football. Yeah. Please. I think they'll be very happy if they see a quarterback start running it 20 times. They will take that over. I, I think they would take that now. Hendon Hooker running down the middle of the field, that was tough because the They were space, all passing plays, though. They were not, None of them were QB design runs. Man, and he's so damn big. He's not like Sam Howell big. I didn't realize until we were watching that weight game and you and I were going head-to-head, Sam Howell is like a damn fullback back there. He's so huge. He yeah. is an enormous human. And my God, I left the back door open for a push at least. So, you know, I can't be too mad. I also did the thing like it where I forgot that I had bet it previously. So I bet it at two and a half and at three. So I lost one, pushed on another, but yeah. pushing does nothing in the home field picks of the yeah. week. Um, and I want to talk about really two things with this, de- three things with this defense. Number one, the front seven was supposed to be the strength of the team. They're out the most important player on the defense per Brad White, Marquand McCall. They're out their best habit creator in Jordan Wright. Yep. Um, Octavius Oxendine was um, by far the, the best player at his position. Yeah. 
and maybe your most promising young talent too. Like he was really, did he have two sacks in his last Mm -hmm. game before he got hurt? Yeah. Yeah. He was really starting to pop a little bit. And so what that's done, Nick, like if I would have told you on August 12th, you're playing Tennessee, Kentucky six and two, they went out, they got a chance to go to the sugar bowl, but Katie McDaniel, Isaiah Gibson, are going to be playing major snaps. Yeah, man. You would have thought, well, that scares. I was yeah. like, that scares me. Yeah, Gibson played a lot. He he played a lot, and he has not played a, a lot at yeah. all this year. And not only that, Jalen Geiger too would play the majority snaps at one of the safety spots. Yeah, that would worry the hell out of me. So, like, you just you know, and Geiger's wasn't from injury. That was just because agent was just having a. The day, rough, yeah. Rough game. You've seen ghosts out there, but they're just playing guys that really just shouldn't be playing at the moment. I mean, I don't know what I was to say other than that. Like, I think it's going to help them. Like, I thought McDaniel did some good things. He beat K Mays a few times on a straight speed rush, and while that was good, all I could think was, well, if they had right, yeah, it's a sack. <laughs> it was probably a sack. Yeah. And so, like, you cannot tell the story of the 2021 Kentucky football team without talking about the injury bug. And then on offense, there's also issues. Lost Keaton Upshaw, lost Eli Cox. Yeah. Uh, Josh a... Ali was out for a couple games. Darren yeah. Kennard got a bang, he banged up knee. He's banged up again. Darren Rosenthal got hurt, had to leave a game. He's pretty banged up, you know. And then secondly on defense, the bend but don't break strategy. I love the strategy. I think it's a great strategy. But if you don't get turnovers, it's, you know, it's just magnified. And that's what's happened here with this defense. Created Not any turnovers. N- none. You know, Kentucky has never never ranked worse than eighth outside of Mark Stoops' first year, which really shouldn't count because it was a total year zero in the SEC in total takeaways. They're on pace to finish 14th. Um, even if they got a hot, it would probably be harder to finish in 11th. So they're having a historically bad year just forcing turnovers. It's the – um, an unfortunate time. It, it really is. I know Phil Steele always talks about um, the – like turnover regression teams that have it's a big a year. Yeah. I mean, but this is like the ultimate regression. <laughs> mm-hmm. Going yeah, they from, led the league in takeaways last year, right? Yeah, to you know? just dead last. I mean, whew, what a swing. What a swing. Now, I do – I will say you definitely – like I, I remember Freddie really hitting it home at the beginning of the year too. You had to replace six starters on defense. And a lot of those guys were draft picks. I think all of them except for one were draft picks. Kentucky did a good job finding replacements for those guys. But finding replacements for those guys once they get hurt, that's tough. And yep. you also notice, how many snaps was Jacquez Jones and DeAndre Square? How many have they been playing? Has any – Trevin Wallace is getting some run, but – That's it. When was the last time you saw Jared Casey on the football field? Been a long time. Yeah, he, he had, uh, Martez Thrower was playing over him down in Mississippi State. Yeah, I mean, like guys that you expected to to be able to give you something, you haven't been able to rely on much, and it's just it's going to wear them thin. You know, it's just going to wear them thin. There's there's no way around. It's just like Edge, man, you're you're just very thin at Edge. The scholarship numbers are bad. You were leaning on Katie McDaniel. He played against Missouri, had some bad moments, and we didn't see him until Mississippi State. And now he was playing big snaps against Tennessee. Um, and then, like, you know, it's just – it's tough, you know, when you got – when you have that. Like you said, Kentucky is not like Georgia, you know. 
it's not Alabama. Even Alabama, Nick Saban said a few years ago when their defense started really stinking, I think it was 2019 when they lost three games, he was like, you know, you all act like I just can go all back in my, tr- my house and pick another five-star off a tree. Like, you know, like eventually that's, you know, that's going to have an effect on your team. if you keep It catches bodies. up with you. Yeah. But the yeah. thing with Kentucky, it seems like they have a chance to get these guys back. Like, sounds like McCall is going to be back soon. Um, if right, if it's not, if it's just like a bad ankle sprain, he should be back possibly soon. You know, so you got a chance to get some guys back. So that's. Do you, do you need them back before Louisville? Uh, yeah, I would want, um, you know, if I'm face crazy run QB, I want best guys in the front seven to be able to play. Yeah, fair enough. If fair not, enough. If, if some of these guys are having to run a Cunningham down, it's going to become a first one of 31 well, is going to win game. But that's no, no. Do you need them back like before? Like, does is does Vandy do anything where you're like, all right, this could be concerning if they're not back? Yeah, by Saturday. I want. There's a lot of signs in this Vandy that wants to scare you. Cold at night. Yeah. Boring stadium. After robbery, after robbery game, no one's going to be there. It's a bring your own juice game. Like if you if you don't have juice on the sideline, it's going to be tough. But then you look at the, some of these numbers for Vanderbilt, and Nick, they're just awful, um, especially offensively. You know, they have like a you know they're all, both quarterbacks have really struggled. Mike Wright, who's starting now, has a run element, um, so that's going to be a little scary. But the passing numbers are god awful. Completion percentage low. Combined passing success rate against Power 5 teams is like 25%. So one out of four passes is only doing – it's like staying ahead of the sticks. So they're getting behind the sticks a lot. Run game is bad. They've already lost their starting running back. Offensive line is bad. Like it should be a get-right game for the defense. Now, off, off for Kentucky on offense, the biggest issue is turnovers. Fanny has forced some turnovers this year, and that's scary. And then they will load the box and try to stop the runs. And we saw what happened against Chattanooga when Kentucky came out not ready to run the football. If they kind of get big boyed at the line of scrimmage and aren't ready to play physically, you know, they could be a game. But I think Vanny is so bad that it should not, it should not matter. But you know, you know, you got to play the games. Um, yeah. But if Will Levis plays like he played last week, you know, there were there's so, some bad, there were some turnover worthy throws and he's taking sacks he doesn't need to be taken. But if he, plays the way he's going to play that sh- it should be fine but there, there there were two things Kentucky did that I think really helped Will Levis get to good Will Levis and that one is let him run let him take some hits I just I just think he feels more comfortable when he when he does get up and down the field a little bit he can play a little bit more aggressive um, and then two I think what really helped as well is the first deep shot they took instead of you know let's try to rip it 30 yards between a couple safeties. We're going to have Wyndale settle down about 20 yards down the field yeah. and hit the dig route. Let's get him in rhythm before we start taking shots. Yeah. Kind of yeah. I, I yeah. really, I really like that. That and, and I think some of that is Liam figuring out his quarterback. He always talks about how he wants to be the caddy. And I, I think he's figured out like, okay, um, I know that this is your seven iron distance, but you swing that club like shit. We're not going to do that one. We're going to do this one. I, I think that they, that he's starting to that their their relationship is Im- improving. I think they figured one another out, um, and and now I, I think really the the biggest piece missing from this offense 
you alluded to it earlier, is big plays from the running backs. I mean, those guys, even though the running game was much improved, you had a 100-yard game from Chris Rodriguez. I still don't understand some of the substituting between him and Smoke. And, like, you just – Smoke, make a dude miss, buddy. Like, you're, you're, you're there to provide that juice. A.J. Rose last year, we completely undervalued A.J. Rose as a running back last year. His explosive play, as frustrating as he could be at times, and he was maybe getting too many carries and using the wrong situations, he made some big, big plays that you have not seen whatsoever at all from this running game that they got to get. Yeah, It's my same thought on Cavassier Smoke. Your RB2 at behind Rodriguez has got to be a, a big play creator. Smoke, that's disappeared since his freshman year. He just hadn't have it. I mean, we haven't seen it. As Stoop said, he got dinged up a little. He gets dinged up. Like, I mean, you know, um, I would like to see more McLean personally, but you know, man. he's been he's been out for six games, missed a ton of practice. He got hurt, so you know, maybe this is a week we see more of him. Uh, but he was so close to breaking that one on the final drive. So close, yeah. So I just, you know. We'll see. Like, there's some personnel decisions that could be made. You lose three in a row. Some changes could be happening. But Kentucky at cornerback, y'all, like, they just, like, just look at the roster. They just don't have the guys. They had six scholarship cornerbacks. One, Maxwell Harrison never showed up on campus. Yeah, or he was here on campus and was told to go home. the The other true freshman, Adrian Huey, is the project of all projects, it looks like. Uh, taken by a former assistant, too. Like the coach. That, that here assistant leaves, yeah. leaves you in June. Yeah. So your new assistant coach arrives in the summer, doesn't, doesn't get spring ball to get his known guys work. It's first time being a power five in the power five. Mm-hmm. Working for an SEC team, seeing these new offenses and trying to learn his personnel and all of that. And then you combine that with, like, you're dependent on Cedric Dort, redshirt senior, to really have kind of a career year. Um, he played – he had played – he had moments the last two seasons. He did. And he's been bad this year. I mean, there's no real getting around it. Um, you need, He's taking a step back when you really need to take, like, two jumps forward. You're hoping Carrington Valentine would take a big jump. I think he's taking a step forward, but not as big as you were hoping. Like, there's still – I would still buy Carrington Valentine's stock, but – he looks like more of a third corner than a starting corner right now. Yeah, and, you know, I I also think, too, that, like, Carrington is a guy who picked up the position, I think, as a high school junior. So he's in year four of the position. Like, I, I think there's a lot of room to grow. He's just been asked to do a lot yeah. early on. Uh, and I don't know if he is – like, Chris Westry still in the NFL. You could do that with that kind of guy who has – that framework, at least, that he can lean back yeah. over. He's six foot four. And well, can, also, at, you know, at least at, has that to go back on. At that boundary quarter position, you want big guys. I'm wondering if Carrington is just playing opposition, if he would be better playing at the field. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he could be, but they just don't, you know, they don't have any so other he's options. He's playing like every said. snap. He's not going off the field at boundary well, corner. He's well, playing every snap this season. What's funny, too, though, is that when asked about, like, hey, don't you wish you had some of those corners that hit the portal? Stoops was like, eh, I told him to go. I recommended them leave. So, like, it's, well, it's in a weird spot. But I do think you're going to see, like, we knew that Kentucky in the past offseason, they were going to go after receivers in the portal. 
and they might have to go after a linebacker depending on how things went. Yeah. Um, they're they're going to go after some corners yeah. in the portal. I think it's important to note, like, Devonshire is barely playing at Pitt. Yeah, Jamari Brown's been decent at Purdue, He's been but like, solid. But you played but he Brown did not for work. like three years. At- he did not really work in Kentucky scheme. Like yeah. that was probably they both probably needed a change of scenery. Yeah. So I don't really blame them for losing those guys, but they should have added someone from the portal. Right. Right. They should have not walked into this season with what they had. Um, they only got three guys: um, Andrew Phillips. He didn't know the fraternity fight was going to happen. Yeah. Um, but once it did happen, and he was out. You probably should have went and added someone. You know, and then you look at the recruiting results. The recruiting results just haven't been good. They don't have a single top 500 recruit in the cornerback room right now, former top 500 recruit. They got one junior college guy and then a bunch of mid to low three stars. You know, they're going to add two this next class with Stewart, Andre Stewart, and Alex Safari, but they don't have any right now. And that's just, that's just being shown. And then the front seven issues kind of just highlight the problems they're having. And then, you know, now they're having to play more man. And, like, people that complained about soft, 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 Kentucky played a lot of man against Georgia and Tennessee. And all of you all just saw what happened. So, yeah, you oh, want to know why that, they don't play man? That, that, yeah, man. I, I think you just found out why. That 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 poor DeAndre Square. You know what it reminded me of was that, that, that when Cash – was it against Florida when he was just turned and trying to keep up with the running back? And you're like, oh, buddy, you just can't. Like, Yeah, it was like the Ohio State-Alabama game when Ohio oh, State was in yeah. cover three and the, they God. had the drop linebacker and they just ran the deep cross with Devontae Smith and Tough Borland was just trying God, just hardest. And it just, yeah. Whew, man, it was really tough. Um, yeah, but that should have – I mean, I don't they, – they were that was a bad person. Like, Kentucky, I firmly think against these teams – you have to dare them to run the football almost. Like, it's important to be good on the front. If you can get three linemen to hold five blockers, it would be, you know, if you could demand two table teams up front, that's what everyone wants. But I firmly believe, like, I would play almost a dime almost every snap, especially on passing downs. Like, flood the flood the field with defenders because they want to space you out so much. So, flood the back end with defenders. And then, and then use some, do some creative blitz stuff off of that, and then make them run the ball up the middle. Like, come on. The the problem with that though is then you're putting more defensive backs on the field, and admittedly, like we just spent time talking about how that's not your yeah yeah you need position. So like it's yeah it's tough. Need to tackle better, but like that's what I'm saying. Like I would I don't I just don't know. I think my philosophy would be like I'm going to dare you to run it 50 times in this game. Yeah, well, because I think um, you're going to get greedy. And you're gonna, and then I'm gonna get you in a third and nine, and then that's when I'm gonna get off the field. That's what I, I just, I just think Kentucky tried to play. They tried to come out in base, and I just don't think that's what you do in this game. No, no. But that's just my opinion. I don't know. You know, maybe someone who knows more about football could explain why you wouldn't do that. But that just seems like Ooh. would be the move against these offenses. You know what I'll do? I'll, I'll explain it to you like what you should do right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. You know, the Kentucky pass defense, it has its problems. We'll try to find some solutions. But you know what? Look, it, it's not as bad as the problems that Todd Grantham had on Saturday. And whew, I, if you all have not seen this yet, I put it on KentuckySportsRadio.com. It was in the Tuesday morning post on KSR Today. It's also at Gamecock FB on Twitter. South Carolina beat the hell out of Florida. I think it was 40 to 10 at one point. I don't know what the final was. Or that not. was the most surprising, I think, SEC result of the season. Yeah, I, I can't. It's either that or Mississippi State winning at AM. Those were the two that really shocked me. The the South Carolina one. But just because you can't you how how does that team score 40 points in any football game? You know, and they did it against a guy who has been one of the more maligned defense coordinators in the country. Um, they're reeling at the time. Florida's quarterback, Anthony Richardson, he's unable to play because he hurt his knee doing a TikTok dance. Did you see the video he tweeted out too? Like, I, I love that Richardson's like, here's the dance I was trying to do. This is how you hurt your knee. And my knees buckled just watching that video. But what really added the insult to injury is after they get their teeth kicked in, South Carolina tweets out a video where uh, says all the things Josh Van could have done before the Florida defenders caught up to him because he was wide open. He caught a pass in the back of the end zone where there wasn't anybody around him within 25 yards. And it's just a minute. Like, he's getting on FaceTime. He's trying to bow an arrow out. I mean, it is probably – the worst that anybody has ever been dragged online that I can ever remember in sports from a, a direct official account. This is one thing if like a player tries to roast somebody or, you know, a media member roast Lamar Jackson. It's another thing when you make a video the day after and you just completely annihilate them. Oh, it was, it made, it really poured salt on the wound after uh, Mullen had to fire Grant them Sunday afternoon. I just that's one kind of season they're having there in Gainesville. In all of college football seasons, that's one of them. I mean, I just from that Oakland, from that from the start of that LSU game last year until now. So we're going on you know eleven months. Yeah. Man, actually, probably was it was that the last game? That game was in December. Okay, it was like the first week of December or something. Yeah, that that's just been. You know, they played Alabama twice, take them to the brink both times, you know, get credit for losing close twice. Yeah. And then it's just been a bunch of losses. I mean. And then just Dan being Dan um, in, you know, the off, you know, kind of the the offseason and whatnot. The the thing was, too, like it is you kind of could see it coming with all their button heads over contracts and stuff. But you you almost – like, I don't blame Strickland because Florida was great last year, you know? I mean, 
you lost all those guys. I mean, that was the problem, though, you know? like Yeah, tr- you also have to realize, like, what Florida was the eight years before Mullen got there, too. These were the seasons they had all the time. Yeah. What they're going through right now. You fire Grant. Like, those firings, that kind of smells like he's getting another year. He's going to get a chance to fix it. Um, there's there's a lot of Charlie Strong rumblings that he's going to be the next defensive coordinator. Oh, Oh, bring it back. Hey, you know what? It, let's just – let's get Urban fired by Jacksonville and let him be a quality control guy. Get all those assholes well, in there. Well, the offensive line coach, John Hevesy, worked with Urban at Bowling Green in Utah. He started working with Dan Mullen at Utah. They went to Flo- they went to Florida together, and he followed Mullen to Mississippi State. I mean, he's been with Dan Mullen for 20-something years. Man. So, like, they, they're – that's a pretty close relationship, you know. You know, the offensive line coach and the offensive coordinator, that's got to be a really good relationship. Was that the guy, the other guy he fired? Yeah, John, oh, his offensive line coach. Um, so yeah, I mean, we'll see. That, I mean, it's just weird. The thing with Mullen is, it's seeming like he doesn't have, you know, not a lot of pe- people probably want to work for him. <laughs> you know, but then I look back at Mississippi State, and he's hired good defensive coordinators, like he had Manny Diaz, Jeff Collins, yeah, Grantham, who had a good reputation, like Diaz and Collins. Both went on to be, you know, they're power five head coaches in the ACC right now. Yeah. It's, now, but he also hired Peter Sermon, who bombed. <laughs> Meaning we saw the whole Louisville Mississippi State swap. Yeah. Oh, man. So, well, I mean, we'll see. But this is like a huge hire. But, you know, if it's strong, he's just going to have to hire who, who is ever on the urban tree because that seems like maybe, you know, a limited pool, which would, you know, like strong hasn't been a defensive coordinator, Nick, in over a decade. Usually, guys that come back, that doesn't work. Um, you know, I think the jury's still out on Odom. He's the one I can think of most recently. But I, I will say too, he his absence wasn't as long. It was only what, four or five years. Yeah, 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 it wasn't that long. But um, strong. I mean, you're talking when he take the he took the Louisville job 2010 2009 yeah, that, was his that, last year as a defensive coordinator. Yeah, it'll be 2022 next year. That's a long time. Offenses have changed quite a bit since then. And his defenses at Texas and USF stunk. Yeah, they were good at Louisville. That was – hell, they were too good. They didn't have good enough offense. Yeah. So, so, take uh, them off there. So, uh, yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see what Mullen does. But this – see, I mean, that just shows you college football, man. It's well, crazy. Things can change so fast. And that's why it's – you know, it's easy to overreact. Um, but, like, for Kentucky as a program, like, stacking these years together – that's more important than, you know, having yeah, a flash yeah, in the no. pan. That's and, why I say, like, with the hypo thing, people just, you know, we're going to have to hear about all offseason. It sucks losing to Tennessee, but do not overreact. They walked ass backwards into a good quarterback. Yeah, and I, I think, like, you, this was my season prediction. I'm not I'm not one who wants to pat myself on the back for getting that right, but this is it, – it always felt like an eight and four, nine and three team. You know, yeah, like, just from the because talent we had. had. A, it sucks because Kentucky had a chance to go to the Sugar Bowl, and that would have been a huge thing for the program, and it would have been awesome. You had a great this season. Um, but more, this season was always about offense. It was always about fixing offense, finding a quarterback mm-hmm. that allow you to fix your recruiting issues on that side of the ball. Still time to be determined. There has been ups and downs. But how one of the main reasons I, how I judge offensive coordinators is the opening script. Like, if you can open yeah. script and score, Cohen's you're going to be a good play caller. You're going to learn in-game how to adjust better because that is hard, the hardest to do. 
Um, but if you can't, if you can't script out plays and score, you're going to be like, you just got to be hard for you to last. What we've seen Cohen in this opening script, he's every game they come out and they scored in the first or second possession outside of Georgia. Yep. Whoa. What are you, outside geez. of Georgia. Look, it's over there. We're choosing violence today, Lockett. That's for damn sure. <laughs> we are. Um, so, uh, like, that's – he's going to be fine, but – Yeah, it's just – it's that opportunity that you let yeah. slip away. You don't get a whole lot of them. But, hell, who knows? You you could get another one next year. Where, but Because, like, the schedule right. the schedule in – when we talked about this at the beginning of the year, you, you had to add that caveat when discussing schedules. Like, you don't know what you like what these teams are going to end up doing. You did not anticipate that when you beat Florida – that they weren't going to win another football game, which uh, have they? They beat, I think they beat like Missouri, maybe. Since. Yeah. I mean, like you just don't know what these teams are going to be. There's a lot to do. So um, I, 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 this feels like a nine and three Kentucky team that is going to finish ranked around yeah. 23rd uh, and go play in the Outback Bowl. We'll eat some blooming onions. Yeah, they have to get, now it's all about like getting. Like winning these next two games, just winning them is important. But now it's all about getting healthy and like going and beating Louisville. Like that's not, yeah, you know, I think Louisville could lose this week in the Syracuse, and who knows, they could go on the tank after that another tough loss in a game but they probably should have won. This, this is Stoops's chance potentially, yeah. right? Um, let me, I, I don't have uh, their schedule. In but that's front what of me. season. If you go and do that, you're going to keep your recruit. It's going to be a great recruiting class. Mm-hmm. You're going to if. Now, Levis, like I've talked back and forth, it's been a roller coaster. If he can stack some games here to end the, end the season, then you're really going to have something to believe in going into next year, and that's going to be a big selling point in recruiting, especially if you can go and get Will Levis drafted. So there's some good, there's good things and, happening. And, it just sucks that you oh, left. It feels like it's going to feel like you left a lot of meat on the bone. It, it won't feel season. as bad if you can return the favor that Louisville did to you twice early in the Stoops era. They lose to Syracuse this Saturday. They have to beat Kentucky to be bowl eligible. They'll be – and yeah. that's that's with a win at Duke, too. I know Duke stinks, but, uh, hell, you never know what you're going to get out of Louisville. So, hey, that's on the table. So, if you do that, you're going to have fans feeling good. You can go down to Tampa, have yourselves a good time. Uh, a little so flow sun yeah. in January. Um, you know, uh, it, won't, yeah. it won't be frosty. Scott Frost, uh, he, like Mullen, he's going to get another year. He got his contract restructured. That's one thing that's going to stay the same. He's just going to lose one score games. Um, now, Nick, what, going into this, in there. this game in the next two, what are you really looking for? Like, what do you want to see Kentucky do? I want to see what Jatai McLean's got. Um, uh, I just I, – I, it'd be nice if you could have Rodriguez be the rushing leader in the SEC. I don't know if that's obtainable or not with Beatty putting up some pretty solid numbers. Uh, that would be that would be a nice feather in your cap to be able to to show that off. Um, but really, I just want to see the offense continue to score. I don't want to see another Will Levis regression game um, because we got that at Mississippi State. We saw what it turned into. Um, but, man, it, it would be – it'd be great to, to, yeah. to keep, keep, keep putting up points to where, because here, here's the thing that we're all victims of, the offseason momentum and uh, like, hell, Kentucky was sub 500 last year, but they won the Gator Bowl and it felt like like they won their last two games and you kind of forget about 
all the dumb like you you've, you forgot about that old miss game and the auburn chris rodriguez in the end zone it doesn't count that stuff gets put in the rearview mirror if you do finish strong so keep scoring offensively don't have a regression game beat U of L, and then put up a lot of points against a big 10 team down in the outback bowl because you're probably going to be playing a michigan state a purdue or like a wisconsin yeah for me you i want to see keep the will levis growth going you got two bad opponents here defensively Louisville's not great on defense like let's stack some games with him build some confidence for the quarterback defensively play two bad defenses offenses like gain some confidence with your defense like get some good things to happen and get healthy on that side of the ball Um, if you can do that I think you're going to be fine but you know I have no idea like I don't know what to expect from the team on Saturday yeah I could see them winning 60 to three I could see them like you know, it's fourth one possession game in the fourth quarter. God. I would much rather that. Stoops hasn't been good against these big numbers. Game, you know. Stoops um, hasn't. Yeah, but I think there'll probably be a decent Kentucky contingent down there. Yeah. And it's going to be a little spicy in there with a night game and tailgate oh. all day, and you can drink beers in the stadium. What I'm worried about last time Adam Luckett wasn't in. The press box are in game mode. What was it? Belkwell went down to the final possession. Needed a will. What if yeah. we need a Will Levis touchdown and you're stuck at a wedding? Well, thankfully, I'll have a TV so I can watch the game. I won't be on GameCast again <laughs> at my desk work. So, thankfully, I'll be watching. But, um, yeah, I just don't – I have no idea what to expect from – like I said, like when I looked in the numbers, you feel better because Vandy is really, really bad. But I just don't know what I did expect. Just go down, win, and handle New Mexico State. But, you know, I would feel a lot better if they didn't drop that egg against Chattanooga. Yeah, yeah. Just Fanny's coming off a bye week, so you don't know what you're going to see. Go out there, run it up on them. Let's make it fun. Let's let's have some fun again. we got to have some fun again as Kentucky fans. It'd be nice if we had some fun watching the Cats beat up on Coach K, that rat face coach from Durham tonight in the Champions Classic. And what's great is that our good friends from Prospects, you can win money while watching Kentucky play basketball. It's a great concept. Uh, like tonight, I am feeling really good about Ty Ty Washington over 12 and a half points. That feels like a gimme. And if you download the Prospects app um, or you just walk onto your computer, use the code personnel, they will double your deposit. You just pick a couple players, pick their over and under, and you parlay them. So uh, and you don't even have to get every single one right. You can still get half your money back if you play the flex play. It's a great it's a e- great app, easy, user-friendly. So download it today, deposit with personnel. We gave you free money last week with some action. Um, I like Tata over 12 and a half points. There's not another one that really jumps off in college basketball because it's college Well, everybody basketball. I listen to tells me Paolo Banchero is like the – Truth. The, he's 15 and a half points. Are we going to go over 15? I kind of want to f- I kind of want to fade that. Fade it? <laughs> oh, let's fade it. Let's fade the hell out of power. But I don't I don't know. If he's like as good, I, I like the key on over 10 and a half. Like I think he's like Cal's probably going to force feed him throughout the season. Yeah. I imagine he's going to average over 10 and a half points per game, so take key on over 10 and a half. The the only kicker you have to pick people from different teams. So, we've given you a couple that we're kind of liking and feeling. You can figure out the West 
the rest win big by playing prize picks tonight play with some action uh we've got some of that again uh tonight nhl nba nfl it's all happening on prize picks download the app use the code personnel they'll double your deposit up to 100 bucks over at prize picks look at i know we haven't mentioned them as much as we probably should but the nevada Wolfpack are a freaking wagon this week big game Real big game. It's for the, the division title. Yeah, against uh, San Diego State. Is that Let's correct? See here. They're four. They're four and one in their division, uh, and they're in the same division as San Diego State. Nevada. Now Fresno State lost last week. Yes. Nevada. That's their only loss on this on the conference season. So if they win the San Diego State game, they will control their own destiny. Yeah. They still got Air Force and Colorado State remaining. Aren't easy games, but huge game there. In San Diego, Wolfpack were three and a half point favorites to open. Now two and a half point dogs. Love that. Love the line swinging heavily in favor. Um, just really, and we also got line movement for Kentucky this week. We saw the line movement last week ended up unfortunately being true. Mm-hmm. It's going Kentucky's way more this week, so hopefully that will be a good omen for the Wildcats. Up to twenty one after opening at nineteen. Oh. Uh, twenty one and a half at Circa and Fanduel, so could be going up even more. Wow. Wow. That's definitely uh, noteworthy. Uh, I, I'm trying to think. It, it is a shame that tonight we're not going to get the the pop from the college football playoff rankings. Um, we will get to watch some college football, though, uh, in between the basketball games. I just I will say it, it has been weird trying to get my brain ready for college basketball watching. Like yeah. even when I watch it tonight, it's going to take me a while to adjust. But I, the BBN does need a good pick-me-up yeah. here. Champions Classic is weird because it's like a huge big game and then the teams start playing their soft non-cons yeah. for well, three, four weeks. And so then you it, don't really get back into it for a month. The, the way I put it, Luckett, is that if you win this game over the next month, you spend time using little things from those bad uh, games against bad teams to convince yourself why your team is really good. Where if you lose this game, when you're watching those games, you're just nitpicking little things to convince yourself why this team is actually bad. Um, yeah. Kentucky has not won a big game. When was the last time Kentucky won? That's a what big I was going to say. Like, when's it, like, like Cal's on a pretty bad big game streak because he's at any Ar- big... at Arkansas or at yeah. probably at Florida. They they ended the season at Florida and Keon missed the game winner, but they tipped. Who was it that tipped it in? Was it EJ freaking Montgomery? My God, that was the last big win, right? Yeah, I would say, but even that Florida team wasn't like they weren't even good. Yeah, they were like eighteen and twelve. That Arkansas team was decent. I want to. Yeah, say. But that Arkansas team they they ended up like they were going to be they were a bubble team because they had a bunch of injuries. So yeah, I mean you just haven't had a big real big win from Cal and Kentucky basketball in a while. So would be nice. Would be real nice. Hell, you, you barely been, had any wins last year. You be, you've been in New York City before, Luckett? No, I've never been. Me neither. Not a big Apple guy. Big orange guy. I do want to get to Madison Square Garden, though. That's on the Luckett bucket list. Oh, Luckett's bucket. What else is in Luckett's bucket? Is a is it Outback Steak in Tampa? Is that is that on there? <laughs> you want to get to Tampa, dude? We're gonna eat. We could so double much. dip in Tampa, Nick. You could be going there for the bowl game and then in the SEC tournament uh, a couple I'm, months later. I'm good on SEC tournament down there, but bowl game. I'm gonna eat so much Outback Steak that I'm gonna have. I'm gonna give myself a heart attack. 
like a self-inflicted, how much outback will it take to give me an art heart attack? Maybe only three meals. Like it, I don't think it takes a whole lot. Um, between those, I, I know they have like the the fries that are have more calories than any other uh-huh. <laughs> food. The, the steakhouse and, mac and cheese from Outback is it's just every time I see an Outback great. steak, they they quote unquote sear it and it just looks like a piece of charcoal. It's that. I'm a huge fan of the chains. That's my favorite one. We go to whoa, whoa, over TXRH. Yeah, for me. Oh my, no, the blasphemy. Look, yeah, for sure. You cannot be from Oklahoma and take Outback over Texas Road. I do. I know they got one on each. They got one on Day of the Week. Oh gosh, look it. That is so disappointing. I will say the Bloomin' Onion is just undefeated. What it's a sloppy, delicious mess. Last top 10 win, Nick, for Kentucky basketball, February 16th, 2019, routed number one Tennessee at home. Man. So that was uh, quickly and co. Tyler Hero. Yeah. yeah. Houston. DJ Washington, I guess 23. The Houston Sweet 16 team was technically not a top They were number 11, it says in the poll at the time. Man. Long time. And that's 11 personnel's college basketball preview. <laughs> Win some games. Win some games. Uh, man, it's a, it's been a rough couple weeks, like it, but we're picking ourselves up by our bootstraps. Let's go kick some ash in Nashville. I hope some fans are out there going to enjoy some some beers at uh, – at, is it – Vanderbilt Nor- Stadium. They're selling the naming rights they just announced a couple weeks ago. God damn time. What are they 11 playing? personnel – <laughs> field Vanderbilt oh, University hey if, if y'all are okay in, in all sincerity this is a request of you if you are going to the game Saturday I will not dad duty calls it's a night game but if you are going uh there's a guy by the name of Donnie Ray Donnie Ray he's driven Elvis around he got punched in the face by Waylon Jennings I, wait I don't remember if it was Waylon Jennings or Merle Haggard he's a fascinating guy it's his birthday right around this time every year and after the catwalk, him and the rest of them boys, their whole crew, the road dogs, they will walk to that Wendy's that is right next to there. If you can, go over, sing happy birthday to Donnie Ray. It'll make his day. Uh, I don't think he, need a, he needs a bunch of Frosties, but I'm sure he'll enjoy a Frosty if someone buys. Uh, but they're good folks, good people. Uh, wish Donnie Ray a happy birthday and a go-cat so we can get this dub down at Vanderbilt. Happy birthday, Donnie. Yeah, man. Really, I hate that I haven't seen those guys out this year because, uh, hell, the only road game I went to is Georgia. It's been it's been different, yep. not the same. Weird um, game this week. Just take care of business. Get some positive momentum heading to senior day. This is where you need to lean on your old guys to make, steer the ship right. So bring your own juice game for sure. You got to bring the energy. Yeah, and it would. This is one too. Let's accept the kickoff. Go down, score quickly, mm-hmm. and just kind of and let last the offense. Time they- give the defense uh because that that was something we talked about it was like oh okay good the offense is helping the defense some you need to do that again on on saturday you you need to do that to end the year to finish the year you need the offense to help the defense last time they went down there nick too they fell down i think it was 14 to 3 kicked the field goal first possession fanny puts a long long drive together then an aj rules fumble turns into scoop and score so you're down 14 3 early in that game you don't need that happening saturday night no, you don't need, like I think a fast start. A fast start, get off the fast start. They're gonna be just fine. If you don't, I, I will worry about just 
letting them hang in there too long. We've seen Kentucky had turnover issues this year. It was a Chattanooga deal again, on the hang around. Yeah. yeah. Don't want that to happen. Don't want that to happen. So let's turn it around, right the ship this week, snap the losing streak when Kentucky travels down to Vanderbilt. For Adam Luckett, I'm Nick Rash. We appreciate y'all listening to Alive and Personnel each and every week. We'll be back with more next Tuesday. Until then, go Cats and go Kroger. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.